I'm Itesh Jeff, and I am a mindfulness and meditation practitioner, author, and inspirational speaker. And this is in conversation with the masters. And in this series, I will be I will be in conversation with open-minded, open-hearted, and conscious living people from around the globe who will be answering some of life's most profound questions. And today, I am talking to Roshni Ramya, who is a now just wait for it because there is a long string of titles here because today we are really sitting with a master. Roshni is a NLP practitioner, transformational life coach, alternative healing practitioner, employee wellness facilitator, as well as a laughter yoga coach. And I'm pretty sure that she has many, many, many more tools in her suitcase. So Roshni, thank you so much for making time to have a chat with us today. Thank you, Hitesh. I'm excited to be here and I look forward to sharing on this platform today. I'm so excited to be sitting here with you and chatting because NLP has been something that I've been studying in some form or some way over the last decade. So I'm so, I'm, I'm really happy to be able to sit with you uh, to, uh, ask you a f uh, to ask you a few questions, especially about NRP, because NRP gives us um, the framework for basically why you do what you do, why you think the way you think, and why you feel the way you feel. And I promise you, if you're watching this and you are listening, the answers will surprise you because they are not what you think. So I'd love to unpack that with you today, Roj, as well as talk about all of the other things that you do and lots of other value that you can share with us today. So let's start with NLP. Can you tell us um, maybe what is NLP or maybe start with why did you get drawn into NLP? Now that's a question I really like because there's a story to be told. So I used to be in the corporate world. I was in banking. I actually spent 27 years in that environment. Mm. And in my journey, I went through a lot of challenges. So personally and professionally, and I saw and did many therapy sessions, different therapists, um, and what I found was that they could not really shift me from my stuck space, from the challenges that I was experiencing. So the good thing about being in corporate and when you are part of a management team, is that you do get exposed to some, to some really good development uh, interventions, good team building um, initiatives. And one of the um, events that we had was facilitated by an NLP practitioner. Yeah. That was my first experience of NLP. Yeah. And I remember that day so clearly because that day, changed my life. One day got me shifted out of my stuck space and into a journey of empowerment. Mm. And that's what um, NLP did for me personally in my life. Yeah, so it really, it really took you from uh, being in a space where things were not working for you to a space where you were able to make things work for you. Is that correct? 
Absolutely. And uh, you know, and, mm -hmm. yeah, go on. And I always said to myself after that experience, after the, that, how that journey unfolded, I said to myself that one day when I have the time and yeah. when I have the money to mm -hmm. study NLP, that is the direction I was going to take. Mm. At that time, it was also about a journey of self-discovery. Mm. And it was about understanding what my life path was mm. and my life purpose. Um, and really finding out what my ikigai was, my reason for being. Mm. And, and that's where I knew that this was something that I wanted to follow because it was going to take me on my life purpose, fulfilling my life purpose. That word that you just used now, ikigai, it is a Japanese word, correct? Yes, it is the Japanese concept mm. for your reason for being. Mm. Um, what makes you get out of bed in the morning? What inspires you? Mm. Um, how do you fulfill your life purpose? By bringing in um, different concepts in your life, different areas of your life, and actually bringing it all together so you find what your ikigai is. So it's like bringing together your passion, your profession, your vocation, and your mission. And it is really quite a powerful journey to go through to understand that. I like how, you know, uh, languages that are really ancient and really sacred are able to use words, just a single word, to explain so much which no yes, one in English can do that. Yes. It is a way of life. Mm. Ikigai. That's what it encompasses. Becomes mm. your way of life. Mm. And so, you know, coming back to NLP, whoever I meet, I always tell them, you know, please, if you want to understand yourself, go and read a book on NRP. Even if you don't do a course for one year or even one month or even a weekend, just go buy a book for like a hundred rand and just read this book because it's going to open up uh, your, your body, mind, heart and soul in ways that you cannot imagine. So what is NLP? What does the N stand for, the L stand for and the P stand for? Please share with us. Let's All right. Back. So... The N, uh, NLP is Neuro Linguistic Programming. So the N for Neuro actually refers to your brain and your nervous system, mm. all right? So how does that impact us? The L is for language or, or linguistics, which, which is what refers to language. Yeah. yeah. Communication. So it's all about the words you use and the words you hear. Mm. So linguistics really covers everything in terms of our communication. And programming is those automatic programs or unconscious habits that we run on that ultimately determines our behavior. Mm. So that is what NLP in a nutshell is when we unpack uh, that acronym. Yeah. So neuro 
meaning like your brain, right? But at the same time, it's also your mind because the, because when I like to think about, um, uh, you know, uh, the word neuro, you see, you actually have two parts to how you work, just like you would with your phone. You have your hardware, which I like to think of as the brain, and then you have your mind, which I like to think of as the software. So your brain is there to help you function, and it is there to maintain certain memories, but then there's this other part called your mind, which is split up into two parts, which is which actually is your conscious mind as well as your subconscious mind or the unconscious mind you know and i know i'm going to get back to the same thing, but you know the, uh, you you understand what i mean and the subconscious mind is 99% of your mind absolutely so i was actually going to talk about that um, okay. at some point today because that is absolutely important. so what I want to say upfront is when we talk about NLP mm. and how we then receive all of this, um, this mm. communication and information, it is processed through what we call our RAS. Have you ever heard of that before? Yes. Our RAS, our reticular activating system. Right. And what that basically is is our filtering system, or what we could call the gatekeeper of information. Mm. So that's where the NLP model comes in mm. as to, so how do we receive this information mm. and what do we do with this information? And there is so much of information that is being thrown at us. Mm. Uh, that could be like 2 million bytes that we are receiving. Yeah. And do you know that only a very small portion of that is actually taken in by our conscious mind? Yeah. yeah. Most of it is directed or uh, interpreted by the subconscious mind mm. and our unconscious mind. So there's just a little bit of information that we take in that we actually work through consciously. And so how does this, how is it received? So we receive this information through our senses. So we all are also uh, different in how we receive and which we are more aligned to, but we could receive this visually. We could uh, receive this um, as per an auditory medium, which is our hearing. Mm -hmm. Information can be received by us in terms of our kinesthetic sense in uh, where we are more the, the feeling, emotional, um, more the, the touchy-feely part of it. You can also receive through uh, the olfactory sense, which is your sense of smell and then of course the gustatory part which is your sense of taste mm. so we are receiving information through these various senses mm. and that's when 
the RAS comes in, where it starts to filter this information. And that also could then apply to our own internal state of how we have been conditioned to think and to receive information. And that's where the programming comes into, into uh, play. I just want to share with everybody something visual about what you are trying to uh, explain here so that people can also see what you are sharing. Are you able to see my screen as well? At this yes, I, I can. Yeah, so this is basically what you are really talking to, right? Absolutely. It's, it's, it's talking directly to what um, I've already um, taken you through. Yes. Okay. So, uh, All right. so can you see there how we apply those filters? Mm -hmm. And we, we use that and, and the information comes through. We either generalize or we distort that information to make sense of it. Mm -hmm. Or sometimes it comes in and we just totally disregard it or delete it. And, as, and that works with how we receive it within us, which is our internal representation. Um, and what state do we find ourselves in? So as we take in this information and make sense using our experience or the programs that we've already got embedded or installed in us, that's how we are going to react physically uh, in terms of a physiological response. Mm. And that then translates into our behavior. Yeah. So we take in information externally and then we go through that process and it translates yeah. into our behavior. You see, you know, that's a really important word that you're using there because we are who we are because of all our behaviors. We are a summary of all our behaviors and our behavior, if we keep on repeating it, becomes your habit. So with NRP, what we're looking to do is to change ourselves. And in order to change ourselves, it's very simple. Just change what you're doing, uh, what you are doing every single day, which are your habits. So the word, the, the, um, word uh, of program in NRP is we are going to reprogram ourselves because we are like that computer with that software. So we are going in and we are reprogramming ourselves using some of the tools and techniques of uh, NRP. I wanted to share an example of how we actually, uh, you know, uh, um, what happens here with the filters? Do you have an example that we can use? If, 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 if you don't have uh, one right now, uh, I do have one to share. So, you know, I, I, I just want to give you a chance first to share if, if you can. Otherwise, I have an example which uh, I, I use as well. I would love to hear your example, Hitesh. Yeah, and then, and, then, and then, you know what, you can tell me whether, like, you know, um, whether what I'm saying is right or wrong. And then you can maybe add on to that as well. Because I think, you know, as you said, you, know, you, you were talking about earlier about bytes and about bits. 
And that language refers to the computer world because it is the information that is being sent to us and two million bits of, inf of information or bytes of information. That, adds a, that is a lot of stimulus. And as you, you shared, not much of it goes into our conscious mind. It goes, you know, in, it goes into, it goes into our subconscious. And we're not even aware of why we decide things, of why we actually do things. So let's take an example, right? Of, uh, of say somebody sees this, um, this advert somewhere that says, all right, this is the finest restaurant in the city. The food is absolutely delicious. So then that is the information that is coming in through, right? That's what you're seeing on the outside. And then on the inside, you have something called your memory. So then your memory kicks in and then your memory might say, oh, I've heard that before. Uh, and the restaurant turned out to be just sort of average looking because now you are making reference to your memory, correct? Yes. Right. And then you have your attitude, which is not uh, written here, but the attitude is how you respond to what is happening or the attitude is uh, the way you actually respond to life. So then your attitude kicks in and says, you know what, new experiences are actually good. Uh, it's a really, maybe we should just try this anyway. Then you have your values that kick in and then your values say, you know what, enjoying good food is something that's really important to me. So maybe I should give this a try. Then you have this, these three, you know, your, distortion, deletion, and generalization. So your distortion kicks in and says, oh, if I eat too much food, I will get fat. Now, this information, these filters are coming in, even though all you heard was, this is a fine restaurant and the food is good. Now, I just want people to be aware that suddenly, you have all these things happening on the inside of you, based on one piece of information that you got. And then just quickly, the last two, the, if you look at the word, uh, if you're looking at the word, if you're looking at the word deletion, deletion can be suddenly your mind kicks in or your brain kicks in and you say, finest restaurant in the city? Yeah, right, there's no way. I'm sure that even if it is the finest, the price is really expensive, you know? And then the last one, when you generalize, you can say something such as, yeah, but it may be fine, but I don't trust any of these adverts. So, you know, they're all just liars. So, you know, I just wanted to share how one sentence becomes a whole life story inside your head. Are you able to talk about how we do that on, on another level, you know? Our experiences teach us a lot in our life. Mm. And once we have an experience, it can either be a positive experience or it could be a negative experience. And because of how we had taken that experience and worked with it, we will have already had certain feelings, emotions mm. um, that then translated into behavior in terms of um, enjoyment or dissatisfaction, for mm. example. So that happens with every bit 
of information that we get. We go through an experience. So if you had an experience such as touching a hot plate and getting burnt, mm. right? That already is an experience that, um, that is embedded in your system. So you know that that is going to have a painful outcome. So the next time that you have to cook or you have to switch the stove on, all of that has already now started getting you aware or fearful of yeah. what is going to happen. But it's also the process of having learned uh, what the outcome is going to be. Now you're going to practice caution. So every experience that we have is there to teach us something. It's either we got to stop that behavior or be cautious, or if it's a good thing, we continue with that behavior. So it's how do we take in this information and what, what is the experience and what do we learn from it? Yeah. And that's when the uh, L part of NLP really kicks in because the language, the information that is being thrown at us. Because we can say the word, you know, the sky is blue. But that is just a sentence. If you just look at the, the sentence, the sky is blue, it's, it's, it's not meant to have any kind of emotional response from us. But, if you, but because of this, you know, this, um, because of this model that we have and all of the filters that we have on the inside of us, by just saying the word, the sentence, the sky is blue, that can, that can elicit a, uh, uh, a response from us. So we can say, oh, the sky is blue. Oh, I feel happy now that the sky is blue. Oh, the sky is gray. Oh, I feel down now. So we take in this information. And even though that information is not meant to make us feel good or feel bad or make us have a good experience or a bad experience, but our interpretation of that experience becomes all of our programming, right? Yes, that becomes our internal state. Yes. So as you know, as we receive it. So there is so many different aspects um, to take into consideration when we when we receive information. Mm. But I want to just go back to what you said around language. Yes. And how important it is um, in terms of the communication, uh, the words that we use. Um, on others, um, the words that we hear, the words that we use on ourselves, because that impacts us and it actually leads us to believe um, certain things to be true. So if I had to just use a quick example, mm. you could have um, a young girl growing up in an environment that may be considered a, a disadvantaged um, uh, environment where you don't have uh, a lot of wealth, a lot of material things, but you have the love of a family. You have a mom that tells you how much she loves you every single day and, and how special you are. 
and how capable you are of achieving anything in this uh, world. So this is the words that this young girl hears every day of yeah. her life, despite being in an environment that doesn't have it all. On the other side, you could have a young girl that lives in a very affluent home and has all the material perks. However, her parents are far too busy for her. Mm. And whenever she tries to get their attention, um, her dad spends uh, a lot of time away and um, is hardly ever home. So mom has got a lot more responsibilities, but that has resulted on her becoming more frustrated and stressed in life. And whenever this young girl is in her mom's presence and wants to ask questions or wants to connect, she's always told that she's ugly or, or, or untidy, go put yourself right, you're in my way, um, can't you go and make yourself use, useful? You're just sitting around and being useless. I'm just using dramatic examples, but this is what she has grown up mm. to constantly hear. Now, when those two girls grow up, who do you think is going to be ready for this world? Who's the confident one? Yeah. And that's going to step out and conquer the world mm. versus the one that's going to take everything she's believed or heard and believed and think that she is use, useless. How is she going to go forward in this world? Yeah. So it's that language, the linguistics, that communication that really has an impact on us. That's it's just an example. Of yeah, no, it's an excellent example. And it's a very real example. Thanks, Roshni, because that's, I think that happens to so many of us actually growing up as children, where our parents tell us, oh, you are stupid. You are useless. You are not good enough. What, you got an A minus in your in your exam, that is bad, you know, especially being um, Indian, <laughs> for us to get an A minus is like that failing actually, you know. So that's how we, we actually become programmed. So we are being programmed from a very young age, parents, you know, in a good way or bad way, through the media, through our friends, you know, through going to the temple or the church or, or, or wherever. All of this language has been uh, thrown, uh, is actually being thrown at, thrown at us. And that, you know, it has made me believe, do we, do we, I mean, are we as unique as we think we are? Because we are actually just a product of everybody else. Because everybody else has been telling us how to think. School is an example of that. School doesn't teach you... Uh, School doesn't teach you rather how to think, but it teaches you what to think. And that is the problem with people today. Nobody thinks for themselves. Nobody has their own opinion. Every opinion that you have or feeling that you have comes from what other people have actually put in you. So, you know, part of the work that you do is undoing all of the programming that a lot of other people have put into our heads. That's not to take away that we are not responsible for our own lives. But I think that we have also been programmed a lot by external influence. That is true. And what that does is leads 
to all these limiting beliefs that we have about ourselves. Mm. And NLP is so powerful when you're working with changing these limiting beliefs that we have been programmed with. And I actually looked at NLP when I became an accredited practitioner and said, what is that message that is inherently found um, in what I do? And that's how I came up with my slogan, which was empower yourself to flip your script, mm. which is a trademark. Uh, I've registered that as a trademark because for me, that was so powerful. Mm-hmm. And it talked to all of those limiting beliefs, which are the stories that we are running on. How do we flip that script, that story? Mm. And With NLP, you will find that there are many tools and techniques. And NLP works with models of excellence, meaning that if somebody did it, tried it, and it worked with great success, then of course, you will be able to use that. Yeah, because we all have the same brain and the same kind of mind, you know, and that's what I like about it. It's like you can just go in and just reprogram yourself. You know, one example, and I'm sure you work with these kinds uh, of issues as well, is with people that have been hurt in a past relationship where they've been with somebody and because that person has uh, hurt them. So now they have just programmed themselves to believe that all men are dogs. So, you know, every relationship that I do get involved in is... uh, is actually going to um, uh, really hurt me. And to undo that, it's, uh, it's, I'm sure it's uh, actually something that you work with all the time, right? Especially that, especially with relationships. Absolutely. It's about how do you go and release the trauma around that incident. And I call them the critical incidents that are actually the challenges or the stumbling blocks that we go through in our life. And unfortunately, instead of working through it and finding a way to release it, these now are taken and embedded within our nervous system. And of course, that becomes what we can call poison or toxic Mm. to us because it is going to be creating more barriers in our lives Mm. forward. So our brain is not as solid as people think it is. It's very fluid. And this is what people need to understand that, you know, there's this um, uh, understanding, this myth that once your brain, that, uh, that, once you reach, that once you reach a certain age, that your brain stops growing. But that's not true, right? Your brain is always changing. And, and also really evolving until the day you die, right? So uh, you find, I think there's a term called neuroplast- neuroplasticity, right? Is that right? Absolutely. Yeah. And that is, neuroplasticity is all about how 
the cells in your brain can regenerate itself. Mm -hmm. So what we believed about, um, you know, our not being able to change uh, the DNA, the cells that we have within our system, neuroplasticity has proven that this can be changed. Yeah. And when you work um, consistently on yourself with uh, having all of these techniques that helps you to shift from your limiting beliefs, etc., you will find that you are able to reprogram or reboot yourself. Yeah. So I just wanted uh, to talk a little bit about that in terms of um, our brain. Right. So our brain is actually a very literal brain, meaning that it actually acts in the moment. Mm. That is why we always talk about, when we talk about mindfulness and being present in the moment, that is how we actually work um, with our brain. Mm. And so what the brain takes in, in the moment is that it's not really worried about the past or the future, it's just thinking and receiving messages in this moment. Yeah. And so if you change your thinking um, and give, feed your brain the positive messages, the positive words, mm. uh, that is going to be flipping your script, changing your story. So even, for example, when you're using um, positive affirmations, we all know we talk about these positive affirmations. But how do we take this in and how do we use it for our good? So when we're using affirmations, we need to understand the brain's going to act in the moment. Yeah. The brain is only going to focus on facts. So it's not a could be, will be, it's going or would be, it's going to be talking about what happens in the moment. Yeah. And then, it also has to receive positive words to receive the positive thoughts going through the body. So what happens is, whatever your brain receives, it instructs the rest of your body through your nervous system. Yeah. So just to give you an example, um, you go through an incident and you are feeling sad and you tell yourself, please don't cry. Don't cry. Please don't cry. What ends up happening? You end up crying. <laughs> you cry. Mm. Because the brain didn't hear don't. Yeah. It heard cry. And so it told the rest of your body, this is how you respond. Mm. You cry. And so when we even working with positive affirmations, we need to understand how to properly construct it. But also, it is no sense creating a positive affirmation and you saying to yourself, your positive affirmation is, I am happy and abundant. And you say it like this, I am happy and abundant. Yeah. I am happy and abundant. Where's the energy? How are you instructing your brain? Your, your brain's gonna be thinking, oh, this doesn't sound good. This doesn't feel good. But if you say, I am happy and abundant, mm. what a message you are sending Absolutely. to your body. Yeah. 
And that's how your body actually reacts because of the nervous system telling your body you are happy and you are abundant and you start to have all of those feel good energy coming through to you. That's excellent. And you know, there's a quote by a, uh, by a philosopher named Rene Descartes that says, I think therefore I am, which is what you are actually saying. It's like, you know, you, your mind can have an influence on your body. But I also believe that it works the other way around as well. It's um, I am, therefore I think. Because if you are sad and feeling depressed, and if you, and if you actually put on some really nice music and start dancing and moving your body, that movement of the body can have an influence on the mind and the same way that your mind can have an influence on the body. And just to add a little bit more about talking about the brain, because the brain is one of uh, my favorite topics to talk about. So, you know, the brain is made up of something called brain cells, which are neurons. And what happens is that these neurons just connect with each other. And when you are changing, what happens is that you form new neural pathways. So instead of disconnection, meaning uh, when I see uh, guys, I'm going to feel as if, you know, I'm going to get hurt. Whereas now you change that and then you form a new sort of pathway. And that new, that new pathway becomes your reprogramming. And that is, the, that is the neuroplasticity where now your brain is starting to change its connections. And uh, that's how it actually changes. Your brain really re it unwires and rewires itself. You know, and that's something you can do until you die. And um, uh, where NLP also helps is we want to do a lot of work on ourselves. Mm -hmm. So it's always we talk about being the best version of ourselves. But there has to be a lot of inner work that gets done mm. in order to understand how do you become the best version of yourself. Mm. So you, you have to unpack that as well. But what's important is we also got to understand what is our natural state of congruence or a state of how we want to be. When are we for example, at our best. Mm. So we call that calibrating to your congruence. And it, it's just a simple thing of asking yourself to think about a time where you are really happy. Mm. And you got to notice your feelings that go with that. Then think about a time when you did something really well, notice your feelings about that. And then think about a time when you made really good decisions. And notice your feelings about that. So these are all good feelings that you felt at these different points. So what happens is when we notice what that is, those good feelings within us, mm. then for future, when something happens, we've got something to check against in terms of our state of congruence. Mm. So if this is not aligned to your state of congruence, 
then you know that there's work to be done. So what is it? Why are you not feeling um, that state of congruence? And then you know that there is work that you need to do. There's action that you need to take. That's just an example of, of an exercise that we would mm. do to understand ourselves. You know why I love NRP? Besides a thousand other reasons, right? Is because you can actually make and i'm going to use this analogy it's like you can you can freeze little bottles of different states right which is called um which is called an anchor and you can anchor you know those little bottles of states and you can access those states whenever you need to and I, i'm sure that if anybody comes to you they can you know use an anchor you know, you can put in an anchor in there or help them to access that anchor, that, that state through an anchor to uh, move into the state of feeling confident, feeling strong, feeling really good about themselves. And that's what I love about NLP. It's like you can just get there, you know, with the click of a finger or a squeeze of a thumb, you know, or just by saying a certain word. I just, Absolutely. Uh, I just love that. Approach. Well, in, in the NLP program that I currently run, <laughs> every session is anchored. It has to be anchored because when you use an anchor, it integrates into your system. Absolutely. And that's how all of the content that you have discussed in that session actually stays within your system. Mm. So what I love about NLP as well, and this is my personal experience, mm. is that I mentioned therapy that I went for when I started the conversation. Yeah. And what I found there, it was always about taking you and trying to fit you into a profile. So they have an idea of um, how you should be based on 25% of what they know of you. And then they attempt to put you into a profile. And it absolutely does not work mm. because this does not resonate with your problem or your individual unique character that, that you are and the challenges that you're experiencing. But with NLP, you meet your client exactly where they are. Yeah, that's very true, Rosh, because you know, we cannot just fit people into these boxes because we're not meant to be in boxes uh, unless we die, you know, then we go into boxes. But when we are living, we can't live with all of these limits. So thanks for sharing that because that is how the world works. If you have to go to a doctor, the one pill is for everybody. But with NLP, you work with the, um, you work with the individual and you create a, a plan for them. Um, yeah, so this has been such an interesting conversation. One more point that I really want to bring home to today is that people think that the brain is limited to this headspace. When you ask people, where is your brain? They point here. But it's not entirely true because you have neurons in the organ called your brain, but you also have neurons in your heart. And there's also such a powerful connection between your brain and your gut as well, which is why they say follow your heart or even just follow your gut. 
because your heart has 40,000 plus of neurons and neurons, for those of you who don't know, which we shared earlier on, are your brain cells. And your heart actually is 5,000 times more powerful than your brain in terms of the electromagnetic energy that it actually gives off. And Absolutely. it was James Allen. Oh no, not James Allen. William James that says, um, as a man thinketh in his heart. So he wasn't trying to be, you know, he wasn't trying to be sweet when he said that. He was really literal that you also think with your heart. And, uh, you know, for every one pathway that go, for every one yeah, pathway that goes from your brain into your gut, there are nine pathways going into your, into your brain. So, you know, your whole yeah. body is the brain. And we shouldn't localize your brain to one area. You, the whole, you, you are an entire thinking system. Right? Absolutely. And even when we do um, the anchoring process, there are certain, um, depending on what we're using as your anchors, you can actually anchor it in a certain part of your body. So you can anchor um, your session in your heart because that's where you are trying to control the rest of the emotions yeah. uh, or the messages for your, for your body. Yeah. So definitely agree with that. And even in your gut, your, your seat of intuition, mm. um, your brain actually is working in tandem with the rest of your body. And as a coach, I'm sure you know, I'm sure you use this question as well in your coaching. You ask people, where in your body do you feel that emotion? You know, and this is the reason behind it, because the emotions get stored in, you know, in certain parts of your body. So, you know, that's also just a confirmation that we don't only, you know, feel it in our head. We feel it in our shoulders, in our heart, in our stomach, in our legs, in our toe, even for that matter. Yeah. That is absolutely correct. That is a conversation that we have yeah. uh, very frequently. Yeah. So, you know, we are talking about how the mind can influence the body. But then, you know, then I made a comment that the body can also influence the mind. And I've been very lucky to have experienced something called laughter yoga. How, how does laughter yoga, you know, play a role in shifting our state? Our brain, if you didn't hear this already, mm. actually does not identify about what is fake and when I'm talking about when it comes to receiving messages, messages you giving your brain, it doesn't know what is fake and what is real. So for example, when we're using the positive affirmations, we are telling our brain that we are happy. Mm. That could not, that could be that it's not true. Yeah. But however, you are telling your brain and it is reacting to that message. Mm. So very similarly, when we do laughter therapy, we are feeding and instructing our brain with actions that may not necessarily be true. So it's all about those feel good, uh, good emotions that come out when we laugh 
sometimes we watch a movie that is so funny and we laugh. And the laughter yoga that we do has certain exercises mm. that tells your brain how to behave in the moment. So we have a set of what we call fake laughter exercises and then we go into real laughter uh, exercises. And, and the fake laughter exercises that we do mm. is the most fun yeah. because here it's where you are playing, where you are acting out scenarios. So for example, when you are uh, engaging with your, your um, uh, during the laughter therapy uh, exercise, you would say uh, to everyone, okay, so now we're going to call each other, but we are not going to be talking to one another. We're going to have our cell phones in our hands, but we are going to laugh mm -hmm. and you start laughing. And when you go <laughs> and start engaging with people, it's like, oh my God, look at how ridiculous that person looks. You know, there's so many things going through your mind, but you start laughing. And that is not something that's like even true in that you're receiving a call, but the, the whole idea is when you are um, stimulating laughter from within you, your brain does not know that it is fake. And it responds like it's real and your body starts uh, releasing those endorphins, those uh, feel good hormones. Mm. And then that is impacting on the rest of your body. Mm. The funny thing about laughter therapy is people think, oh, we're just going to have a good time and we're going to have a good laugh. Yeah. You end up getting worked like a physical workout yeah. from head to toe you mm. feel exhausted after the session like you've physically been at gym yeah. you also can get very very hungry because of all of that emotions mm -hmm. and the energy yeah. that is um, going through your body mm -hmm. it has a huge impact yeah i think you know actually just to quote uh, a guy named the joker from the Batman DC uh, universe yes. is why so serious and I think that we take life so seriously that we really forget to have fun and we really forget to 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 laugh and to just enjoy life so it's so important to be practicing laughter yoga at least you know to help us to remind us that life is meant to be fun and life is meant to be enjoyed. So, I mean, I've had uh, uh, many chances to uh, do laughter yoga. And I can tell you, you know, you start off with, uh, with the fake uh, laughter, but then you just end up laughing and just having such a ball where you're actually crying tears of, of joy. Uh, it's one of the best things that you can do for yourself. So, you know, if anybody out there is, is watching and you have not had the experience of laughter yoga, it's one of the best fun that you'll have with your clothes on. It's just really incredible. So, Roshni, uh, where are you hosting some of your laughter yoga or 
do you have sessions every month or every week or do you also go into companies and do this as well what else do you offer because i'm sure there's going to be many people wondering how do we get a hold of you and what is it that you offer my um uh, creative wellness concept is my company where i do uh, my program, Empower Yourself to Flip Your Script. So I do one-on-one -on -one sessions. I do critical incident debriefs. I also go out to corporates and training academies to run my uh, program. And with the laughter therapy, um, it really depends on who wants to have it. You can even host it in your home. Wow. Yeah. And I have hosted um, at other venues. And I have done a conference as well um, with 120 delegates. That was the most fun I've had with, with the laughter yoga. Mm -hmm. So there is many platforms and um, you can most welcome to visit my website uh, to get more information and um, to contact me um, via Facebook. Uh, and I will share uh, a lot more information and where I'm holding uh, current sessions or in the near future once we move through this period yeah thanks Rosh it's been an amazing conversation uh, there's has been so much that uh, you have shared and we have shared together about NLP and I'm glad we spoke about that so much and in detail I'm sure much more than people um, actually knew before this and, I'm, and I hope that uh, they will start to now become really really more curious about what this is all about and even make contact with you so that they can use this powerful and amazing tool to just take their life up to the next level, you know? So thanks so much for making time for us. We really appreciate you all the time, your energy and your love that you've shared with us today. Thank you, Hitesh. I have really enjoyed the session. Thank you for inviting me. It's only a pleasure, thank you. And thank you so much for watching or even listening. And if you really enjoyed this conversation, please share this with your friends. And if you want to see more of Roshni, please leave a comment in the, in the comment section below. So until our next episode, bye-bye now.